I'm gonna be more famous than Elvis Presley, Whitney, and Beyonce. Jesus Christ. What are your ambitions, honestly? World domination. <laughs> Over five billion streams worldwide. I'm an international pop star. Have you always wanted to be famous? Since I first understood what fame was, the hours on top of hours on top of hours that I spent performing in the mirror, I guess it, it does come back to some sort of wish for validation and just love. I read this quote the other day. It was like, those that care about clapping also really care about the booze. Mm-hmm. Can you relate? It's almost like the self-harming thing. Especially, I think I am looking for that like negativity if I have a bad day. I think I also base a lot of my self-worth and self-esteem on how well I am performing. The fact that I want to prove to people I don't know. It's a bit tough, isn't it? Yeah. Whose opinion could hurt you the most? Ooh. You've had some controversial tweets, right? Yeah. I'm not even trying. I am that person. Take me to jail. I'm gonna be disrespectful every time. That 20 second video of like my silly opinion became like national news for like a week. Did you like that? (laughs) (laughs) Zara. Yes? You're You're a unique individual. You think? In many ways, yeah. Thank really you. unique. You know, I study people before they sit down with me and I couldn't quite figure you out. I've got to be honest. Mm. Sometimes, you know, I look, I look through everything I read about the early upbringing, where they're from. And I and there's with you, there's a couple of like areas that I haven't quite figured out yet. So that's what I'm going to try and do. Interesting. Um, but, I'll, but I'll ask you the question. Based on the person sat in front of me today, what do I need to know about your, your earliest years, your earliest context to understand this person that sat in front of me? Um, like how I was as a kid, basically. Yeah, just give me all of it. The context, the environment, um, the influence. Always a showgirl. Yeah. Yeah, I've always loved to entertain um, my family and like my friends, just being, you know, like a small person. And um, just always loved having people. Yeah, I think they entertain them. Wow. Like having them watch me. I don't know. I think that's why I'm an artist today. It's just a part of who who I've always been and who I am as a person. Um, loves to laugh. Quite an unserious kid, I would say. Um, very... I don't know if I would love to have myself as a child, you know? didn't really listen very stubborn yeah but I think quite funny to be around yeah it's hard it's yeah yeah definitely I would say always been quite confident attention seeker yes seeking validation yes you know, when you say you were entertaining people, yeah. what, what did that do for you when you were younger? When you were, who were you trying to entertain? And when you entertained them, yeah, what did that do for you? I think even just myself. Or maybe I was thinking about, you know, myself in the future of, because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking just uh, the hours on top of hours on top of hours that I spend just performing in the mirror. And as I was doing that, I guess I was also thinking or imagining like, 
a crowd, you know, um, was looking at Beyonce or Christina Aguilera or Whitney and Celine. Like those were my four girls growing up that I just really, really wanted to be like. And um, I guess it, it does come back to some sort of, you know, wish for validation and uh, and just love. And I just crave that a lot more than most people, which is funny, you know, because I feel like my mom and my dad have always been giving me a lot of love, a lot of attention. They've supported me throughout everything, um, always been there for me, looked at whatever I'm doing, you know, so in a like hobby psychological way of like analyzing myself, there's no real reason for it. If I would, if I would put it that way, um, I guess some people just have a lot of energy and, um, you know, there needs to be some entertainers in the world. Why you? I don't know. I just really enjoy it. I really like it. I really like for people to feel good. Um, I also think there's like a, a fine line between being a people pleaser and um, entertaining others by being yourself, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never really been scared of conflict. I don't feel like that's true. Um, I don't really mind stating my opinion. I've always been very opinionated. I remember thinking that my parents never filmed me and my sister growing up, you know, on like video cameras and that. We have such little like documentation of um, my childhood. And then when my parents were moving to Rome, we found these like boxes of, of videos. And it was so fun to see how, you know, how it's like in front of our table, dinner table, it was just a kind of like the living room just could have no furniture because that was the stage. And after every dinner, it was like, Showtime, you know, and uh, it's just it's just a natural part of who I am. I think there's a bit of a um, it almost seems contradictory that someone like yourself could be so clearly confident, mm -hmm. but also a people pleaser. One often I know, thinks, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Someone yeah. you think of people pleasers as being yeah. slightly low confidence, and that search for validation is you know comes from them pleasing someone else. Uh -huh. but, that seems to be. But we have two words in Swedish. I don't know if you guys have this, but it's like, I guess it's more confidence versus self-esteem mm -hmm. in a way, yeah, you know? Okay. So, or, um, yeah, like so you can have self-confidence. Like I'm very confident in what I do in my work. I know I'm talented. I know I'm good. I know I can perform. Um, and professionally, like all of that. But then maybe the self-esteem part <laughs> you know i don't know i don't know um what do you think of yourself you know i think i think it goes up and down like it does for most people i have certain days where i feel like i'm on top of the world nothing can stop me i am unbeatable and then other days where i just feel very small and um and fragile and um it goes a little up and down, but in general, you know, I think I also base a lot of my self-worth and self-esteem on how well I am performing in my, you know, professional life. Maybe they're a bit linked. And um, if I wasn't doing 
what I do, like as a singer, I would probably still be in some sort of public eye. Maybe acting or maybe just having a podcast. <laughs> or I don't know, like something to entertain people still. Or like connect with people. I think you'd be a great co-host. Co-host? Oh, amazing, yeah. Would, so you, I don't think you'd settle for being a co-host, would you? Yeah, I'm like, give my, I want my show. You want your yeah. own show, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, when, I, when I was reading through everything about your, your earliest years, I was, I was almost looking for some incident or something that had caused this desire for validation and I just mm-hmm. couldn't find it. Your parents yeah. seem lovely. Yeah. Seems like you grew up in a you know, great home. But yeah, it is funny, isn't it? Have you always wanted to be famous? Yeah. Since yeah, what, what actually, age? I think since I was, since I first understood what fame was. I mean, I always said like, I'm gonna be more famous than Elvis Presley. Jesus Christ! I know, right? That's a high expectation. Yeah, to like, I know. And actually, now when I'm older, I I don't think anybody wants to be as famous as Elvis Presley, or more famous. Like, it definitely. I obviously haven't reached that point in my life, but I do think it is also a, a form of prison. Like you can't actually really go out and meet people and, and, and like connect with people because they already have a version of who you are in their head. Like you're never meeting someone for the first time, you know? And uh, how you like manage just go through life. I also hate being like misunderstood and I hate when people, funny enough, like have, you know, opinions about me that really isn't connecting with the person that I am, but they would never know that because they don't know me. And just having, I think the older I I get, the more I realize like there's also a lot of things that are happening when you're as famous as Elvis Presley that isn't very nice. You know? What's, so, how are you misunderstood? Just like it's not all glitter and glamour. It's not all like playing for a sold out uh, arena or stadium and then going and like putting on a nice outfit and then you go and like do a red carpet. Like there's, there's other things behind that that might not seem as fun. Like not being able to have a private life just to start there, you know? Or somebody always having opinions about your private life. Because also, you know, especially in this time, like back in the days, at least there were no social media or anything like that. And these times I feel like we have this parasocial relationship with followers where they feel like um, they would know who you are because they follow you on like TikTok or Instagram or Twitter where you write your opinions about stuff or just like, I had a great bacon sandwich for breakfast or like personal stuff you know you would never hear Whitney Houston be like post a selfie you know but now because you kind of have to do that to connect with people and be like I'm human like that part wasn't a thing before and also there's pros and cons with that I think because um I think there is a really nice part in and being relatable and like connecting with your audience and having that sort of relationship. But there's also something really sexy about like the the artists back in the days that were, they were untouchable. That's why they were superstars. 
you 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 couldn't get on their level like you couldn't like hop on their live and be like i i love you you like your makeup looks great like you couldn't do that um and i guess the most artists that come in this time i feel like maybe like beyonce could be like the last generation that doesn't have to like be on tiktok for example you know mm -hmm. i don't know but i also love sometimes i'm like oh, i'm gonna be mysterious but i <laughs> like it's not who i am i'm not very mysterious i am quite um i do like to show who i am and a part of me like would love to be a youtuber and just vlog <laughs> like hey come with me on a promo day like it's something about that that i do love but it creates like a a, a little maybe strange relationship sometimes with your followers but i feel like my followers are quite funny and that we have good banter even that journey of understanding who you are and having the conviction to be yourself mm -hmm. how's that journey been especially when you're you know you're in the industry you're in mm -hmm. there's a lot of temptation to be someone else yeah. to look like a certain thing to behave in a certain way what's that journey been like from you since you were like five years old dancing in the, in the front room to where the person sat in front of me now at 25 mm. years old journey of like being authentically who you are and i don't know i think you know life is like a chain of events or you do get inspired by or just like influenced by a lot of stuff just living your life you don't have to be in the public eye or like in front of a camera at all obviously you're going to be influenced by the people you meet and what you see and just how you can even see how like just the lingo of people just sorry for speaking about TikTok so much, but just like how people are talking, the words they're using that might come from a certain group of people at first, but then they bring it online and it becomes like saturated. And then all of a sudden everybody starts speaking like that and everybody starts wearing the same thing and everybody starts like all of that. So like, I think you, I am have struggling. Have you ever lost yourself in that? N no, but mm. I don't feel like, I don't feel like I've lost, I'm more lost or less lost than anyone else in my age who are just like navigating through life. Um, and then obviously, you know, I am being, um, I guess you can say judged, but like, people will have opinions about maybe the stuff I'm releasing, like my music and stuff like that. But it's really hard to say, I think. I don't feel like I've, I've lost um, myself very much. I have, feel like I've mostly been like positively influenced most times by stuff. You know, um, earlier you said how your self-esteem can sometimes be attached to your... Mm -hmm professional just performance. performance yeah yeah that's a dangerous game to play i know you know because yeah. if you're it's like being on a roller coaster where you you know because life is going to go up and down and uh -huh. if your self-esteem goes up and down with your like hits or your mm -hmm. like records or your streams yeah that's not you know no it's not a good thing and i felt like i really felt that when i was releasing my um last album poster girl that's also why it took like four years between So Good, which was my first international album, and to Poster Girl because I was so 
pressured into having like the same amount of streams and the same amount of like commercial success that So Good had that I just in a way forgot that I love music and like I think it's so fun and I'm doing it because it brings me joy and I, I lost that a little bit in the process of making Poster Girl because I was just so scared of like not only myself that I would you know do a better album than the one before but like what will other people think of me if I don't perform as well like that was a really big thing that I had in my mind and now when I release that it's just kind of like ooh, you know um and now I'm back to making this album which I feel like it's a lot more fun or I've had a lot more fun creating it because the pressure of it, you just got to remind yourself at all times that it's like, like you say, like my worth, even as an artist, isn't based on um, numbers. Although it kind of is. <laughs> you know, it's like a tricky, like, of course, I want to perform well. Like, I want to be a mainstream artist. I want to sell. I want to stream. Um but yeah, my, my worth as a person is not necessarily tied to that. But you just got to differentiate like the professional side and the private side. No easy. But it is hard. Yeah, it is hard when such a big part of my identity is being an artist, specifically, you know, like singing and like because I've been doing that for such a long time that it's it's just like in my DNA. And who am I if I'm not like, performing or singing who are you if you're not performing or singing um i don't know never tried it you're a vlogger (laughs) 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 yeah yeah in my mind for sure no i think um i'm like really really lucky though like i have a really good family and have really good friends and uh in general like i'm not a sad person i'm very happy I really like my life, but I've been doing this professionally, like releasing music since I was 15. So that's like 10 years, which is kind of crazy considering the fact that I'm, I'm 25 and I've been doing this for a decade. And um, it's just, you know, a part of who I am. Like, I don't I don't know what I would do or be if I didn't do music. What age were you when you would have responded to the question, what do you want to be when you grow up with the answer? Uh, I, I, maybe when I was like four or five, you know, you wanted to be like an ice princess. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah. after that, it was just, I want to be a singer. From what age? Six? Like five. five. Yeah, five, six. And I think it also went hand in hand with the fact that singing is so easy and it's almost like a primal thing that humans have been doing throughout, I guess, history of like mankind you know what i mean like singing is such a it's almost like a spiritual thing almost specifically like in a choir or together with people like going to concerts is a, or even sporting events and you sing this chants and it's like a it's something that's happening in you when you sing and i think it's also really easy to appreciate someone singing um and i mean it's harder to be like a really really good dancer at five or like 
I'm gonna do a Shakespeare monologue and I'm like, I'm gonna prove to you why I'm so good at acting at five. But singing, if a child have a really good voice and everyone's like, oh my God, you're amazing. And like, you get the attention from that from a really early age because you're just naturally good at it. Then I guess you just keep going with that. Is there such a thing as parents giving too much validation? I don't know, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. What do you mean? Will they be like, shut up? No, but just like too much. They'd be like, you are a star. You're amazing. The ground you walk. And then you go into the world and you're yeah, like, what I the know, fuck? Why I aren't know. you treating me? You know? <laughs> I mean, that's like watching some of the, you know, Idol or X Factor auditions. And you're like, wow, mm. you have been told by your parents that you're really good your whole life. And then they go on the show and they don't perform that good. And you're yeah. like, oh. My mom and, and I, we, we joke about that sometimes. That She's like, you know, when I grew up that she was just thinking like, is she really good or is she just my child? Oh, really? You know, <laughs> like, it, like, is this good or do I just love you so much? And I think you're like the most amazing person. How, how, um, you said Elvis earlier on, but yeah. at your very core, right? Like when you're alone in the shower or whatever, you're thinking about your ambitions in life. Mm. What are your ambitions, honestly? World domination. No, I want like a number one. I want like number one album. I want like a, st- you know what my main goal is? Stadium tour. Yep. You already know it. You read, I read about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. Cause that really proves like people want to come and experience you live. And there is something about a live performance that, you know, if I could choose one thing about this whole thing as being an artist, it would be like to perform, to perform live for sure. So to summarize your, when you say world domination, do you mean that? Like, what do you like? Yeah. What is it you want? You want a stadium tour? I get that. You want a num- number one album mm-hmm. in the US? Is that what everywhere? You're saying? Everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then what? Like, is that? Well, well, then you then be happy. And then we take the helicopter and we fly out. And then you're gonna fly out in the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't know. I think. Who do you want to be like? When you think about levels, Beyonce. Of Beyonce. But also, you know, coming back to that, like, like, how is it being, what is it like to be Beyonce? Like, what is that life like? I don't think we even can imagine that. Um, I honestly don't know. Because also, there's something about, like, I, I don't know. Imagine being just like on top of the world and being like the celebrity of celebrities and everyone's just like, I think even even people who are not specifically like her fan would be on their best behavior if she walked into a room, you know? Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know, but there's also a beauty in like, maybe I'll never get there, but there's something about having a goal and a dream and working towards that. And then maybe in 10 years, I'll just like change my mind. And do, I'm do you like, think you'll get there? I have a hard time to see that happening, but it's not impossible. Maybe I'll feel like I've done everything I want to do in music. And maybe I want to move on to. Um, vlogging. Vlogging. <laughs> yeah. You know, pe- people often find it difficult to express such grand ambitions because they're scared about what people will think of them. Yeah. Or- What's your what's your thoughts on that? You know, it's 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 actually quite refreshing for me to hear to someone go to someone go. I want world yeah. domination yeah. because a lot of people don't have the courage to say that out loud. 
Yeah. Because no, it I, opens you up a little bit, right? It does. Time. Yeah, I guess it does. But, you know, what's the worst thing they would, they, people would say, like, oh, no, it's never going to happen. Like, okay, we'll see. It's not that deep. And I think also, you know what it is, though? One thing that takes away a little bit from the fun is that I think I'm a little entitled to success. And I think, you know, if I ever, let's say, get a Grammy, I won't feel like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. It's more like, finally, you know, <laughs> like, oh, took, took long enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I think I would feel more than like, oh, I never in a million years could have dreamed that this would have over. No. And um, what you're saying is right now, as you sit here, you believe that the Grammy is already basically one. You deserve it already. It's just a yeah. matter of time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You believe that at your core, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just like, maybe just a matter of, of, of putting in the work and just keep working and working and working and working and working. Because what you really need is grit. No grit, right? Not grits. Just grit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like Sorry. the porridge? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> grit. And you just need to work for it. And you need to... I read this book... Um, about grit, I think it's called grit. And uh, they were studying a lot of like the 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 students who went to the military uh, military school here in the U.S. I've read about the study, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I wrote about it in my upcoming book, Diary of a CEO. No, I wrote about the exact thing you're about to recite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, you know, the students who graduated because it's a hard, you know, this it's like a really hard. What is it like? A training camp yeah, basically. over a couple of months yeah. or something. They're not like the strongest or the smartest per se. They're just the people who never give up. And that's it. But I do think it's interesting to think about, you know, talking about like success, um, that you're only successful if you do something for the rest of your life. Like, let's say I in 10 years, I do change my mind and I genuinely want to do something else then it would look like, oh, but she failed at like being an artist or she failed at, you know, reaching her goals because she chose to do something different. And it's only success or like a relationship with a person. It's only successful if you're together for the rest of your life. When in reality, like that relationship or the job or the interest could have served its purpose for that chapter of your life and that amount of time in your life. And it's not less successful because of it, you know? It just means that you have another purpose now. Yeah, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. On that point of success, do you consider yourself to be successful as an artist now? Mm. Like if I said to you, do you got to take a box, yes or no? And the question was, I am a successful artist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like I'm doing what I love every day and I live off of it. It's like being in the MBA of artists. You know, a lot of people wants to be artists and they work really, really hard for it. And uh, they still have to have like a little side hustle or they have to, I don't know, just do whatever to make ends meet because their real passion in life is not like sustaining them. Mm -hmm enough um to be able to like pay rent and that so in that sense 
I feel like I am successful. There's just obviously levels to it. But in general, like I consider myself extremely lucky and I'm, I, I, I am very thankful for, and like happy about where I am. It's just a long way to go to feel like, oh, I made it. I don't feel like I've made it. I have a long, yeah, mm-mm. But I'm doing what I love and that's a success. What would you, what would it take for you to feel like you've made it? Maybe I'll never feel like I made it. It's a blessing and the curse. I don't know. Honestly, maybe I'll never feel like I made it. I'll reframe the question then. What if we come back here in, you know, 10 years time? You're okay, like 35. when I do my stadium tour. Then you'll feel like you've made it? Yeah, I think so. You've just finished your stadium tour. You're 35 years old. You walk back in here and I go, Uh huh. do you feel like you've made it, Zara? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think okay. so. If you were to to go the other way, 10 years in the other direction, back to mm -hmm. that 15-year-old girl that released that single, Uncover, mm -hmm. and you could just whisper in her ear mm -hmm. some advice about life, success, and anything mm. that she might have needed to hear, what would, what would you whisper? Life and success. For I would say, leave him. Leave him? Yeah. Oh, you were with he's, some... He's not very... He's, he sucks. Okay. <laughs> Don't spend your years on him. <laughs> no, honestly. <Okay. laughs> and then I would say... Just, just don't, don't overthink stuff. You got to whisper it. Don't overthink stuff. It's going to be great. Because you know what? In the very beginning of when I started to release music, that's what I did. And like, we just threw shit at the wall. And then some, some was sticking on there and others didn't. And um, the songs that doesn't go well, like nobody remembers them. But the songs that do really well, people remember them. And I think it was also easier because on the scale that I was on as a 15 year old, was just being signed in Scandinavia. Um, it was a lot, it felt more like local. It felt easier. It wasn't this big machine that I had behind me where everything was supposed to, you know, internationally, like have a proper rollout and all of that. We were just like, oh, let's release some music, you know? And so specifically, I would just, I feel like I've said specifically like five times in this interview. I don't normally use that word. I think it's just the word of the hour. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think um, I... Coming back to like from so good to poster girl, like that time, just just release it. Like it's not that deep. Just release some music, have fun, just have fun. And what about in terms of like happiness generally, out, away from your work? What what advice would you have given to that 15 year old girl? Um, just keep doing you, you're doing great. Keep pissing people off for some reason it's like i had a, i used to have a blog actually and whatever i wrote whenever i wrote stuff it would always be national news like i just said the other day like we should talk more in the cinema <laughs> and what do you think about that we should talk more in the cinema just like react more like talk more i don't think that's the place for that okay that's what most people thought <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. because and, you can't watch something but you can whisper you like I'm not okay so it in my video that I did I did like a little 20 minute video no 20 second and uh I was like you know I think like we should react more like we should chit chat and like wah, 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 wah. but then you can't hear what's going on in the movie because if you think about it if 100 people are all like ha, 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 yeah ha, 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 did you see that you're not going to be able to hear a thing but you're watching the same thing that's what I'm saying yeah. like you're in this room together socially you are watching the same thing so naturally people should react on the same they won't they will they because they'll be like oh my god that looks like dave <laughs> do you know 
you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You see what I mean? And it's funny that we have this conversation because like when you have a conversation like this, you can say your opinion, I can say my opinion. But on internet, it's like a one-way street. So I can mm. say one thing and then people are like, ripping out their hair. But what I wanted to say about that was that that 20-second video of like my silly opinion became like national news for like a week straight in Sweden. I had everybody talking about it. Did you Politicians. Like you like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, so monkey laugh. But um, a little bit, yes. But also part of me like... Like, why is this news? See, my but song keep going. <laughs> but it's funny, like, specifically, mm, here we go again. I think in Sweden, actually, specifically Sweden. Specifically? Yeah. It's um, ever since I was like 15, for some reason, everything I said became like a, a national debate. And um, that's a little strange. I think. Like, why do you care so much about what I think? I'm just a girl. But keep caring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I do think it helped me um, reach the success of, because some people, like when I started out, some people just kind of knew me as being a very opinionated person, more than an artist. And, you know, people outside of Sweden might not think of me as such, which is kind of nice in a way because I, I, I want to see and I want people to see me as an artist first but yeah I, you've had some I think it's like a talent in itself it is and also still entertaining I'm, I'm entertaining the people <laughs> you've had some controversial tweets right yeah I'm not even trying I think I knew like okay I know my take on the cinema isn't gonna be like the majority will agree but I never thought it would be like I saw, like a, I saw the, a couple of tweets you did. Yeah, but, but the, yeah. I wasn't sure if you liked men. Oh, here I am. <laughs> there was one about you being a man hater, which you, uh-huh. I saw that. I thought, oh, I wonder if she's going to like on. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like, at least it gets people talking. And also, maybe I am a bit dramatic online. And me saying like, I fucking hate men. When you compare that to someone saying women deserve equal pay, then that doesn't look as bad next to my tweet about hating men. So in a way, I feel like the extremist of certain topics, like leaning that way is also doing just as good for the whatever movement. You know what I mean? And I think also, you know, Today, it isn't that controversial because I think we all know what I meant by that with, you know, toxic masculinity and like the patriarchy in general and and all of that. Um, what do you struggle with? Like in, in general? In general, like what, what do you like? What are your problems? Like what are your challenges in life? Mm, getting out of bed? <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, you mean like alarm? The alarm clock is annoying. Yeah, no, I'm mean a snoozer. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> in okay, let's think about. It. Let's be serious. Um, I just am very. I have a very bad memory, so I don't really. Which is on good and bad terms. Like, whenever I would have a fight with somebody, I just need to leave the room, and I kind of forgot about it. When was the last time you cried? 
<laughs> I cried on the way to, it was like maybe a week ago. I cry every day, but just like like a soft cry, you know? Just like you see something about maybe no, I'm some... saying like a proper cry, like, you know? Yeah, this is weird. So I was listening to Goodbye My Lover by James Blake and I was imagining my boyfriend dying. <laughs> <laughs> you were imagining? you like, how sad is that? How did he die in this imagine? <laughs> maybe cancer or something, like a car crash, like something maybe sudden. And that made you cry? It made me cry really, really, really bad. I also was like three edibles in. <laughs> <laughs> but I was on the airplane and I, I've heard that you cry easier on airplanes. But in, in, in like a cry out of like, like a real cry that has something to do with real life, not me mm. imagining tragedies. Um, no, you know what? If I cry a real cry, it would probably be about imagining someone in my close circle. Some, I call my mom like periods to period, you know, depending on like where I am in my headspace. But I can call her like three times a week and just cry about the fact that she will die one day. You have, you, you know, I was reading through some things about this. You have um, an interesting relationship with the concept of death. I do. You do, don't you? I don't know. <laughs> you, you, I read that you were scared of death. Yeah, are, aren't we all? No. Okay. I don't know if I'm scared of dying myself, but I'm very, very scared of the day where somebody that I love dies. I might even start crying now. <laughs> like, it's... I've never experienced that. I have experienced my grandma who passed away um, not too long ago. But weirdly enough, like I felt like it was going to happen. I kind of knew it when we spoke on the phone for the last time. I just knew like this is the last time I'm speaking to her. And I could just hear like she was she's just done. She was she was 90. You know, she lived a long life. And it was like a running joke in our family. Like, is she going to make it to Christmas for like the past five years? Um, but someone... Yeah, I think that's my biggest nightmare for that to happen. Knock on wood. You know, um, when you're getting so much public feedback and you are someone that, you know, cares about validation, often the people that care about, I read this quote the other day, it was like, those that care about clapping yeah, also really care about the booze. Mm -hmm. Can you relate? Yeah. I wish I didn't, but it's the truth. Like, I really do. If you open the door to caring what the external world thinks, you're opening it up to both mm -hmm. criticism and, mm -hmm. and approval. Yeah. Anxiety can't be that far away. When no. You... And I can try to tell myself, like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> but I think, you know, I work fine with it. But then sometimes I do wake up, you know, in the morning and I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah and i'm like i have to check my mentions on twitter and i'm like okay it's fine like it's it's chill it's cool i have this yeah it comes and it goes it's not always like that but um i do i would say i i care of course like you say if you if you want to read and hear the good things even if you don't want to read the bad things you you see them as well 
and uh, it's almost like a self-harming thing you know it really is like especially I think I am looking for that like negativity if I have a bad day just to for my insecurities to like be confirmed like see I told you you suck you know it's weird and then you want to read a hundred good ones to like no I think I'm good like I think I'm a good person and like I think I'm talented and then once once you've read those hundred you know comments or whatever then you're back to like right but where's the bad one because this can't be real and then you're like there it is see I know I I know I know it was good and then you and it's just like a, a vicious cycle um and it's really toxic and I think I do that a lot more when I feel low if I feel good about myself then I don't really care because I know I'm good. But then when you're like having a bad day, that's when you get sucked into that, I think. The toxicity. Do you care what people say? I think everybody cares. I know I say 100% they yeah. do. I, I think I've, as I've got older, I've just put things in place to just keep myself out of the way. And yeah, you know. Cause what you, you know, I, I just, it just hit me like, what you want is not to be like, oh, I go in and I read my mentions or quotes or whatever and comments and I look at them and I don't care. You want to get to a point where it's like, I don't look at my comments or my mentions because I truly don't care. You know, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Which is like, so I, I, I look at comments on YouTube. Yeah. I don't go near TikTok. I don't go near Twitter. My Twitter mentions are all off, so I can't see anything anyway. Great. Uh, I look, I look on LinkedIn. Have you ever sometimes. typed in your name? I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Google my name. I don't, none of that But shit. it's also like. I genuinely do not. Yeah. Ever, ever. But it's like they say, you know, you can take criticism or whatever from people in the arena. Yeah. But people who are watching you on the stands, like they're not even in the playing field. Mm. So why would your opinion about something that you have no experience with or knowledge in really matter? Whose opinion could hurt you the most? Ooh. But this is where it's weird because for some reason it's like the stranger's validation that I want to get because I know in my life, I know my friends like me and I know my family like me and I know my boyfriend likes me and I know my sister, like those, the people and, and people I work with, I know they care about me. So the fact that I want to prove to people I don't know that like it's a bit fucked up isn't it yeah or like I think it's I think it's because I I truly have the belief that if I would be put in a room with anybody anybody I'm talking like whatever age um political background um cultural background like anything I know that we would find some common ground. I think all people could. You just got to find the means to like get there. Mm -hmm. um, but that's really hard to do online. But I know it's there. I really do believe so. When you turned 18, you, you talk about how things kind of changed mm -hmm. in terms of the way that particularly male figures treated mm -hmm. you. Yeah. I think specifically like one person, but... I don't know. You've always heard those stories and then you like experience it and it's 
it's just like wow this is real life like it's actually experience yeah sorry experience what you know just like advances or comments and um invitations where like it's also really strange that being 18 is not really being grown in a way and it's really creepy that it took for me to turn 18 for them to just switch up like this right because what you really wanted was just for me to be legally available you know like what you're saying is that if you if you could if it, if it would have been 16 or 17 you would have you would have done the same thing basically so just like that turning we're like oh hold up now that's very creepy and very weird. And sometimes I wonder, are you even interested in like a sexual thing or are you just doing a weird power play on me right now? You know, I don't know. And it's it's a very sticky situation to be put in. And this happens to me even though I have an amazing team and I have really, really good people around me. And I could just imagine what people who doesn't have that, what they would feel like are either being pressured into or, you know, cause it's, it's always the power play, I would say. Firstly, because the people who are making the advances are like 30 years older. Just that in itself is a very strange thing. And then, you know, they're mostly in a power position of, you know, they have like a solid position in the industry or they have a title and they have, they know this person and they know this person. And I feel like also because the, the, the big like positions are being whole, held by men, they are probably the ones who are making those advances. I don't think it happens as much for young boys with women because there isn't that many women in those seats. You know what I mean? Maybe it could have happened if it was like women in those positions, but I feel like it's a non-problem because it doesn't exist like that many women on top, <laughs> you know? At 18, did you know what that was? Yeah. Yeah. Or what do you mean? Did you, you know, because... When someone makes an advance, they can do it in a very clear way or they can do it subtly or whatever. And it's sometimes hard no, to understand. No, I think, I think they also want to make sure you know. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's showbiz, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, it is, it is very strange. And I think because, and this is, you know, pre-Me Too and all of that. And I think... Um, a lot of people are a bit more careful with how they're acting and what they're saying. And uh, they're just simply not in those positions anymore because a lot of people got fired, you know? Yeah. Have things changed? I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know what? I also surround myself with a lot of women and... Um, yeah, I feel like I, I think I just kind of recently started to go to the studio without having somebody there with me. And they didn't necessarily 
they weren't in the room with me, so to say, but they were sitting in like the green room area or I had like my manager or I had a day to day with me who would always be close and near. Um, but now I feel like I, I know I've met I've done the speed dating enough in like the studios to know who I like to work with, who I trust, who I feel good around with. But now I'm like 25, so I go around by myself. But for a very long time, I used to have either that or my mom would always be there. So I felt like I was still protected and still those things can happen. So, you know, like I said, I can only imagine what it feels like for young girls who are just like starting out, who wants to have a shot. And uh, it's just so easy to be taken advantage of. There's going to be a lot of um, young kids looking up to you watching this now listening to you mm-hmm. and then you know, they'll be looking at you thinking oh my god she's she's a superstar she's so successful um, yeah you think yeah in in terms of what you've learned over the last decade like what 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 do they need to know about how to become a star how to become a successful person in whatever field they're pursuing is there any principles that you've garnered over the last couple of years about like how to how to get to here and how to get here happy you just gotta do what you love and love what you do. I truly think so. Like if you choose something that you love to do and that feels good for you and you do for yourself, then work doesn't feel like work. And um, like, <laughs> I know I work hard, but me and my manager, we always joke about this. Like when I go, I'm at a full day of promo today and it's been like, you know, you go back and forth to places. And then when I lay in bed tonight, I'll say to myself, crazy, I didn't do anything today. And that's what it feels like. Like, it doesn't feel like work, it's crazy. So, and then just to have grit, like we talked about, just keep going. There's no stopping. And uh, when you do something, like I've had songs that I loved that I released like from Poster Girl, like one of my favorite songs is Love Me Land. And I remember thinking like, banger, number one everywhere. No, flop, but I fucking love it. I think it's one of my best songs. And I love the video. I love everything about it. I love the song. I love, I just love that song. And when you release that, something you're proud of, you can't lose no matter what other people are saying about it, it's like, this is good. So the only time you would lose is when you release stuff or do stuff that you don't really want to do, that you don't feel 100% comfortable with and something you can stand for, and then it flops. Like, that's a loss, you know? But it's not even a loss if you release something that you that you don't even like and it becomes a success. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like a win. <laughs> but you never know if that's going to happen, so... It's the gamble. I think just do stuff that you love. I read this quote and it said that um, Zara sometimes questions whether she really wants to be a performer or just because she's been telling herself that she wanted to do it since she was a kid. Yeah. That seems to sit in contradiction to the person I feel like I've met today that was very clear that she wanted to always be a performer. Well, I think I just don't know anything different. So sometimes it's like, what if I would have, what if? I would have even more fun, like <sighs> editing movies, vlogging. What if? I guess we'll never know. I don't know. Or maybe we will in 10 years. 
but it's 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 almost a part of my DNA at this point. And um, I I do question like, have I just put myself in a box since I was a little kid because I was just happened to be good at singing from a very early age and that just naturally became my, you know, way in life. But then, you know, I go on stage and I just feel so happy. It really does bring me joy. What is that girl called? When she's like picking up an item of clothing and she's like, does this spark joy? Have I'm you seen so her? I'm so surprised you'd expect me to know. <laughs> you think I'm she's, the guy? What's her name? <laughs> Mary Kondo. No idea. So, you know, every item in your life is supposed to bring you joy. And everything you do is supposed to spark joy. So that's how I feel with, with my music. It's like, does this spark joy? Yes, it does. You've got an album coming it. out, haven't you? Yeah. Does this spark joy? Yes, it does. Does your new album spark joy? Yes. It does? Mm-hmm. Tell me about this new album. It's super fun. It's, um, I feel like it's a lot more dynamic than um, Poster Girl. And it has some ups and it has some downs. And um, yeah, it's just, it was really fun making it. I felt like we did it over a period of time with like a small bubble, like a group of people that just became, you just get to know each other really well I think and then from that instead of having to do these speed dating like sessions you uh you build something over a longer period of time and you you get to like try out different things and see what works and what doesn't work and then at the end of it you have an amazing collection of songs that so you could just be like that song that song that song that song how do you know like where do you get the conviction from to pick those songs because there's going to be a lot of other forces saying Zara mm -hmm. no that song like the creative conviction. Yeah, that's true. I do trust the people I have around me and I really trust my instincts. Like, I think I have a good ear. I really do think, sometimes when you listen to a song, it's like why you add a song to your playlist. You know, you hear a song, you're like, wow, that's really good, add. Um, and it doesn't have to be harder than that. You don't have to like overthink and uh, analyze what have you learned about that though? Because, you know, I read about Uncover. Uh-huh, right. That was a good example of you following your own yeah. creative conviction, right? Totally. And um, that happened to a lot of songs. Like, nobody wanted to really release Lush Life. In America, they were like, bleh, bleh, which happens to be one of my biggest songs today. Never Forget You wasn't, mm, 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 wasn't that exciting. Mm, mm, they didn't really like that one. And like, also, other songs, um, I remember being a little unsure of Symphony. I was like, I don't know, will that pop off? Like, I don't know, should I have it on my, and that also became one of my biggest songs. So I think it goes both ways, but when I really like something, I, I really like it. And I think you just gotta believe in yourself and um, in your taste. Because if I would just do stuff that I didn't really like, or do stuff that I didn't like as good as something else, then might as well have somebody else do it, I guess, at the end of the day. Because I still want to do what I think is good. I want it to be me. Um, but then you're also, 
battling with like coming back to Beyonce and like you know if you want to live this life in fame and and the limelight and why are you doing are you doing it for fame or are you doing it because of the art you know and then is why are you doing it is the art I think a little bit of both and um because you can always have the the art but the fame is not necessarily guaranteed is it totally so i think yeah if you're happy with what you release and you're like really proud of that that's really what matter, matters at the end of the day Do you know what i think you're the first person i've ever had on this podcast that would honestly say and openly say i'm sure the truth is pretty much everyone <laughs> yeah would have said it but i don't think they would have been so honest i think you're the first person to say really? that you're doing it for fame yeah i think both but even think, no one would acknowledge yeah. that. Uh, right. The truth is they are. Of course, unless know? they wouldn't be like in unless this chair. Were, you're a liar. <laughs> yeah, of course. You wouldn't be on a promo run. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you really but didn't it's care. it's just your honesty is quite refreshing. Yeah, I think it's necessary. Also for, um, what is the I think upside? that's why I'm like a happy person. Like I am very honest and I think, I analyze and I think a lot about like my thoughts and my um, myself and why I do certain things and the purpose of certain things and if you're just like honest with yourself about things, then you're not like, you're living in your truth. And I think that is the ultimate way of, of living. And then I can know sometimes like why I'm doing certain things, but at least I know that. And like, I am honest with myself about it. I guess, I guess that's what it is. Your newest single, Can't Tame Her. Yes been listening to that in my little office over there mm -hmm. spinning it over and over again just to get a feel mm -hmm. how's it going so far so good yeah i feel like it's um really fun to start off the new year with that song it's really fun to start off the new year with music in general but that one's really like woo, you know it's uh it's like a little 80s banger and quite different from the rest of the album. I would say all the songs are quite different from the rest of the album. So I wouldn't really say like one song is speaking for, you know, the song sonically. Mm -hmm. um, they're all like still pop, you know, but maybe they're cousins with each other. One song here and there, but it's quite different. It takes you on a ride, on a journey, but Can't Tame Her is fun. It's energetic. It's very makes me feel confident. When you went into the studio this time around, yeah. what was the objective? You know, like, When I wrote that song? No, just the album. Um, what were you thinking like in terms of positioning, in terms of what you wanted to do and how you wanted it to be different from previous records? I just wanted it to be really good, honestly. Okay, so that was just about... I just wanted it to be good. Cause if you look at my Spotify list, it's, it's like, it's a lot of stuff going on in there. <laughs> How do you know it's, what's the metric of measurement that will tell you that it's been really good? Um, I would say a single or a song is a hit above like 400 million streams. In what period of time? Maybe two years. But for you, like- For me? For you on like a deeper- Yeah, I would say like- Emotional level. What kind of, how you look back and go, that was a successful album. I think anything over maybe two billion streams is good. Yeah, that's really good. Sounds really good. 
I think that's good. Two billion streams is great. And um, yeah, everything above that. We sit here in 10 years time and you've been successful. I kind of know what the answer is, stadium tour. Mm -hmm. On the other foot, mm -hmm. we sit here in 10 years time and you've been unsuccessful in your own characterization of what success is. Yeah. Maybe I'll just like redefine it. What does that mean? What would that look like though? What would have made you be unsuccessful in terms of what wouldn't you Well, you know, I think it's just how you, how you value, like what you think success is. Because success could also just be like being happy. And uh, it could be like having a family. What is it for you? And uh, well, I think it will change over the over the years. Right now, it is to do really well in music and um, to just make sure everyone around me is happy and that I'm happy. But in ten years, obviously, stadium tour. Wah, wah, wah. Maybe I would love to make a couple of movies. This is the stadium tour album. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, I'll celebrate like twenty year twenty years as an artist. Something, something a little lame to celebrate like 20 years, as, like even to celebrate like 10 years as an artist, like have a 10 years as an artist concert, or like celebrate 20 years as an art. I don't know. Something about that I don't like, but I. Um, Is that because it, it means you're getting older? Or? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe actually. How do you feel about getting older? Um, <sighs> I think I'm a little scared. But in general, to age, um, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I actually think being like 30 plus, 30, 40, I, for some reason, I don't think I'll be my happiest at like 40 or 50. To just really be in tune with myself, know where I'm going in life, know where I've been. Be even like, I, I'll read no comments at 40. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll be like living in the metaverse with our yeah right on, so you'll be in the comments <laughs> that's that true i'll be forever young in the metaverse triggering people with your tweets and stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to get international papers yeah, and stuff. right we have a, a closing tradition on this podcast where the last guest leaves a question for the next guest Ooh. not knowing who they're leaving it for this okay. person has particularly bad handwriting oh that's that could be me we'll find out what's the one thing that gives you the most healthy pleasure in life and how can you commit to that <laughs> doing it doing more of it mm. i have La to say something. laughing 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 isn't it yeah yeah that gives you the most pleasure i think so you know i could really see you having like a vlog yeah yeah you've got a you. great personality thanks yeah, I think laughter, it's an old saying, isn't it? It's the best medicine. I think it's important. I, I think laughing, laughing, laughing. You can do it with everybody. I think so. And then you can like masturbate a lot, you know? Laughing and masturbating. At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Something weird about that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's great. Zara, thank you so much. A pleasure to meet thank you. Thank you so uh, much for having me. I can't me. wait to hear your new music. When is it going to be out? You haven't told this anything year. yet. This year. Mm -hmm. I don't really know. Soon. Exact subjectively soon. Soon. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait. A pleasure to meet you, Zara. Good to meet you. Thank you for having me in your lovely home. Kitchen. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
You know, I never really usually pick the chocolate-flavoured Huels. My favourite are the banana flavour. I love the salted caramel flavour. But recently, I think I in part blame Jack in my team, who's obsessed with the chocolate flavour Huels. I've started drinking the chocolate flavour Huels for the first time, and I absolutely love them. My life means that I sometimes disregard my diet. And it's funny, that's part of the reason why I've had a lot of guests on this podcast recently that talk about diet and health and, and those kinds of things. Because I am trying to make an active effort to be more healthy, to lose a little bit of weight as well, but to be more healthy. And the role that Huel plays in my life is it means that in those moments where sometimes I might reach for, you know, junk foods... Having an option that is nutritionally complete, that is high in fibre, that is incredibly high in protein, that has all the vitamins and minerals that my body needs, within arm's reach, that I can consume on the go, is where Huel has been a game changer for me. one decision away from taking your business to the next level and a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud, so you can access it from anywhere. And the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky. And it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud, so you can access it from anywhere. And the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky. And it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode. 